Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Albie. How are you feeling today? Oh, you're not feeling well today. That's the problem. Well, I shouldn't say that because you've been in a lovely mood today. You've been especially pretty today. But Thank you. Alice is getting clobbered by this uh, Hurricane Hillary cold that is moving across her head. You guys know what this is. It's awful. And she's sneezing and she's all... Probably dying of COVID. Let's it's be honest. The new variant, Alice. Very important stuff happening. This is, gonna, this is <laughs> the one. Dangerous variant. Is it the Eris variant that's out now? The Eris variant is already out there, but that wasn't the one they were talking about today. That's a new and different one. What did um, Scott Gottlieb Gottlieb uh, in the in full transparency, a member of the board of Pfizer? What did he have to say today? We listened. Um, that he thinks that uh, the new vaccine booster that's going to be out in mid September is going to provide good protection for it. Even you say keep up with the boosters is what we're saying. So all right, Alice. But only seventeen percent got the last booster of the population. How many people do they think are going to get this booster? Not many people. But Pfizer really needs that to change. <laughs> and it's, it's, he goes on there. Gottlieb goes on there, and uh, tries to shill for Pfizer as much as possible. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Alice. Had a bit of a late night last evening. We did, indeed. For us, very late night, where we met a notorious um, Burn Barrel fan um, and and his wife. Who is real, by the way. Who is real. This blew us away. So we met Morgan last night in Vermont, in Morrisville, now Morristown for some reason, Vermont. Morrisville, Vermont, a bar called Moogs, which is a great bar. So we weren't sure what to expect because you guys, if you know Morgan, is he in the chat right now? Um, I don't know if Morgan's. In uh, the chat. Sometimes, oh, he's sometimes 
he he punitively cancels his Patreon left and right. He let us know that last night. That that that's, that he does that. So so we go out to meet. We're not sure what to expect. I know that he lives in Vermont. He's got a beard. He plays an instrument, and he um and that I know he's outdoorsy too, and he's a Trump guy, etc. And we've gone back and forth a few times. He is not shy on social media at all ever about about giving opinions, which is fine, you know, which is which is which is good. But we didn't really know what to expect, so we go into this bar. He's not in there yet. There's one guy in the corner alone, kind of dressed like a hunter kind of guy with sunglasses on. And I thought, and wait a second, is this him? And he's just, am I going to have to go like to approach this guy? But that wasn't him. So it turns out. So we sit down, and in walks. Morgan, as bright and cheery and pleasant as you could ever imagine, and his wife, who's Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. I can't, uh, Alicia, Alicia, I once dated an Alidia, did you know that? What, I shouldn't even say dated, this, <laughs> okay. this wasn't good. <laughs> um, and anyway, she sits down, and she is beautiful and charming, and those two are totally what a blast. They are awesome. We had a, such a fun night. You were saying this, like, his t- Twitter persona is not his personal persona. That's a, not his personality. <laughs> we, there are some people who we've known who actually are nice on Twitter, who we've met in person, who are not nice in person um, and just kind of unhinged. But they were, they, this, they were, Morgan and Alicia were absolutely a, a, blast to hang out with i think we were we intended to be gone for two hours i think we were gone like five hours and um and just a great story just a great uh, family couple most of the stuff that we talked about i probably can't say but they really really brought the content i'll tell you and they (laughs) they know how to have a good time they were just great and we look forward to uh to seeing them again um he did try to corrupt me and get me smoking again after uh after 20 years, Alice, almost. I almost broke, but I didn't. Smoking cigarettes. Not crack or <laughs> cloves or... No, people don't smoke cloves anymore. Or vaping, whatever. But that was a good are bar. Are cloves even legal anymore? Or are those one of the know. flavored cigarettes that they made illegal in case it attracted oh, children or something? I don't know. I don't know. But, um... So, so anyway, that was great. And it reminds me, it's like, you know, we've been out with Mike Montante, who's... Who's uh, one of the KMS folks, and we really gotta just hang out with more people. This is, I mean, it's ridiculous. We haven't. Danny from Bill Rickett is like down the street. Tommy from New Hampshire is up the street. Steve in Merrimack is, is literally uh, like we could the stone throw away. Away, he hangs out. What's the the dive bar? He hangs out in. Definitely not the new old oak. Yes, it's the new old oak. You can find Steve Merrimack <laughs> in the new old oak. Absolutely. So. Um, is there any any other part? By the way, thanks for the pie, guys. We got a key lime pie, which was gorgeous. And considering last night, Alice and I... Well, Alice did not. But I, I had had a beer or two. Uh, I had some private time with that pie um, <laughs> and whacked out some pie. It was really... Key lime pie. That Alicia it's, made. That Alicia made. She makes them at um, Jericho... Cafe, Cafe and Tavern. In Tavern in Jericho, Vermont. And we will go there at some point, Alice. Right, these just just great, just uh, just a ball. I mean, I can't I can't imagine that if, if we have time in Vermont that we wouldn't try to be hanging out with them. 
Um, and that we should try to do more of the hanging out stuff. You have any other takeaways from Morgan and Alicia? Those were my big takeaways too. What was I the agree. other thing that that was? Um... Okay, okay, um, yeah. No, it's just that yeah, we didn't. It, we it was just a. It, had I known that on the last night of the trip, we could have done that on the first night of the trip. But we were bu- we were busy. It's, they have things going on. We have going things going on. But anyway, thank you. If you get a chance to go to uh, that part of Vermont, uh, right around Stowe-ish, kind of, go to Stowe Light and ask for Morgan and Alicia. They kind of, You have to have them as the pair, I think. You definitely <laughs> do. They're a fun couple. You know, sometimes, not all couples can be fun. Sometimes she's a f- fun and he's a stick in the mud, or she's fun, or vice versa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they're a, that is a fun couple. All right. So we move on? Yes. We can move on now. Okay. And, oh, yes. By the way, she was wearing, Alicia was wearing, last thing. Alicia was wearing and looking fabulous in it. Can we agree? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Who doesn't look great in a little Jerry Callahan shirt? Absolutely. She looked like a million bucks. And those are available, by the way. Those are available. Limited supply, though. So mm-hmm. really got to get those quick because those are, we absolutely have a. So true. The Yes, the uh, street team closet is just around the corner and they are running low on those. Please mm-hmm. give them. I love them. I have to get them in less fat sizes for me, Alice. Yeah, because you're skinny now. I'm not skinny by any <laughs> means, but I am less fat. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously it doesn't really matter because what I learned from the Sunday shows is something I didn't even learn from the Sunday shows. They all talked about it, but no one did it like NPR. This is all you need to know is reprioritize everything that you're going to do because What's is going- this what you were looking for this morning? This is what I was looking for. Allison, I heard this live on Vermont Public Radio. From WNYC in New York, this is On the Media. I'm Brooke Gladstone. Across the globe, this summer has been unusually unseasonable. That is, by the way, Morgan uh, on guitar. I didn't want to say this, but yes, he does play guitar for NPR on the side. And scarily hot. This summer feels like a page torn from the book of Revelation. Here in the United States, 170 million. Brooke Gladstone. Across the. I just wanted to go back for a second here. Because there's the table setting that they're doing mm-hmm. is too freaking cute to be true. Up in Vermont, the takeaway from this summer was not that it was terribly hot. Sure, there was, was a flood, but it wasn't. Where we are either. We're near Newburyport, Massachusetts. It was a fine summer. It was like summers are. Sometimes there's floodings. Sometimes there's hurricanes. Sometimes there's fires. Sometimes there's... Summer stuff happens in summer. Winter stuff happens in winter. And this summer was a normal summer. I don't remember it being terribly hot at all. I was... I walked every day in the summer. I was outside doing something. And I'm a fat guy. And it was just fine. Yeah. Sometimes it was hot. It rained probably more than average, I would assume. Yeah, it must have been. It must be. Yes, because there's some, Because usually by mid-July, I can stop cutting the grass because nothing's growing anymore. This is, this is but so But it wasn't growing. hot, and it definitely wasn't hot in Vermont. No. Actually, I was freezing last night. Mm-hmm. Glow. This summer has been unusually, unseasonably, and scarily hot. This summer feels like a page torn from the book of Revelation. Here in the United States. 
So they're going to put together this montage, scarily hot, torn from the book of Revelation. You're more familiar with the book of Revelation than I am. There's horsemen on it. It, What's happening in Revelation? It's hot, I get. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, there's natural disasters. Okay. Earthquakes and stuff. It's 170 million people are under heat alert. The world has entered the age of global boiling. And let me tell you what's not happening. <laughs> Global boiling. That is correct. They tried to tell us that a month ago you couldn't go swim off of the beaches of Florida because the water was just too hot because it felt like a hot tub. Uh, that's not true. The beaches of Florida have been packed with Floridians enjoying the weather in the summer. The beaches of Florida are filled with people who like sand and beating down sun and water. They're all okay. And heat. Right. Yes. This. It's great out in Florida. <clears throat> people are having a blast in Florida. And climate. Um, by the way, speaking of climate and natural disaster news, do you realize that um, um, there's been now what's being called on Twitter a hurricane in <laughs> California <laughs> because they're having a tropical storm and now they also had an earthquake? <laughs> I mean, sorry, earthquakes aren't funny, <laughs> but hurricanes are. <laughs> Already? Already? So that happened today, so we've got a word for it already. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It also isn't accurate because this wasn't a hurricane by the time it landed. Tropical Storm Hillary in Southern California is not um, a hurricane anymore, correct? That is correct. That's neither here nor there, apparently. (laughs) A hurricane. Can you t- t- tell me how I'm spelling this? It's H U R R I Q U A K E. Does Q get its own no, hurricane? Hurricane. I've seen it all one word. Holy hell. <sighs> Merriam Webster tweeted out Hurricane is a new one for us, too. Oh, really? So, does, it, does anybody get embarrassed? Like, this, this, also, this montage just said. That this is, there have been 140 boiling point zones deemed this year. Yeah, who does the deeming of these zones? It's these same wackos. Mm-hmm. Julian Ville point out that uh, NPR referencing the Bible has to be a pretty unusual occurrence at this point because most of them probably wouldn't even recognize a Bible if it was in front of them. Uh, correct. Correct. Still, uh, the the idea that we are doing this as a thing, like pretending here that this is something we all actually believe in. Nobody believes this is not true. This there stuff was is- just a hurricane. Now do you see? Now will you stop using styrofoam? You know what? You make a good point. Bet you never heard of a hurricane before. There is... A- the thing is that if we're going to... If this is how we end, it's not going to be you know, the, 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 because we're global boiling. It's because we've gotten so small-brained as a country that people create this stuff, a hurricane. It's a new thing because of global warming. It's a new thing. You can't, this one, you can't even, how dare you? We've invented this thing. We're acting hysterical over the thing we invented. You better be hysterical too or you're a hurricane denier. By the way, aren't there... At some point else, I just want to um, take my exit from this <laughs> stupidity. Is This is a, uh, a her-stupid that's happening. 
There goes a happy man, happy to have said, Beg dad, bid it adieu to uh, hurricane victims uh, from coast to coast. <sighs> Go ahead, Allison. I'm done. Doesn't I put California have earthquakes like all the time? Well, earthquakes. Yeah, but. Well, but it just so happened that there was a tropical storm, which is rare either <clears throat> way, and they just happen to have a earthquake, which they have all the time at the same time, right? Did, did you not hear about the hurricane? <laughs> okay. This is, by the way, this, this California has not had a hurricane since 1939. And they still haven't. Right. That, that's, that's right. <laughs> and if they did, in, so this one fell short of being what happened in 1939. But 1939 in the lifespan of the world is uh, yesterday. Yeah. So this happens. Just we drove through Hardwick, Vermont today. We saw a little motel that they were burning the last bits of the motel. It got sucked down the river. And that also has never happened until 50 years ago when it happened again before. So enough of this stuff. Dan Katz, did you see what he tweeted out? No. He's got a picture of the 405 in California with a picture of a shark swimming. I think he's serious. Like a friend of his took it. It's like, I, I wait, believe me. I want the end of the world. I want us to, I want, if Putin won't do us the good dignity to nuke this country, I am for this country just exploding from uh, hurricanes. I am for <laughs> it. I am, I am done. We're so stupid, we deserve it. Where is that revelation, by the way? Where is God making me turn to a pillar of stone if I look at, we need that now. That's more Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a whatever. pillar of salt. Yeah, yeah whatever. Where does Medusa fit into this? Medusa's not in the Bible. She's a religious figure as well. <laughs> okay. Ask Sally Shattuck. Climate scientists say it's virtually certain July 2023 will be Earth's hottest month on record. This heat wave. Climate scientists say it's virtually certain. Mm-hmm. Virtually certain. That it's going to be the hottest on record. Of course, on record is also a tricky term there, too. Yeah, because we didn't have the same precision and widespread measuring of temperatures that we had even like 100 years ago. Do you think in 1920 we were measuring as much temperature as we are now? Uh, no, I don't. I think we were more serious. We had stuff going on back then <laughs> that we really had to worry about. And this idea that they're, they're talking about the Maui... Fire is being a global warming. First of all, like what an insult that is to people whose kids just got burned alive in this place. And Possibly in large part due to the incompetence yes. of local officials. Yeah. Ring the alarm next time. Sound the, the bell next time. They said they didn't because they didn't want people to assume it was a tsunami and head up into the fire. As if the people are going to see the fire and say, well, it's better than being wet. Let's go. It's like, my God, this is government. We talked about this. Like. Government handling handling of the Uvalde shooting, handling of this, handling of COVID. Right. Like you, you know what you should do? Run from government as much as possible. Remember what it did in the 2005 Hurricane Katrina thing? Entire families just sitting there. Government's going to help us, then living on their roofs for six days. Right. <laughs> mm, let's go back to my friends at NPR. It would have been virtually impossible if humans had not warmed the planet by burning fossil fuels. Now, that's some um, uncut, easy-bake bullshit right there. Mm -hmm. It would have been virtually impossible if humans hadn't warmed the planet. That is not 
scientifically proven whatsoever. It simply is not. No, of course it isn't. What it, it's funny because these people, like, this is NPR. These people are constantly talking about dangerous conservative radio, dangerous conservative t- TV, etc. This is fantasy land wacko stuff. They have, they should, they have nothing on Alex Jones, nothing. Oh yeah, when we were with a relative this week when we had this on and we were listening to this, and he was like, "Oh wow, I hadn't listened to NPR in a long time. I didn't realize that they were this like far gone. They used to at least like try to be kind of balanced or normal, and now they're just like full on wacko." Yes, yes, but they do it with pretty guitar music in the background. Mm-hmm. And your tax dollars. Yes, and it feels... So it, how I many, feel like I'm, I'm curious smarter. how many producers worked on this. 83. <laughs> this summer will not be a one-off. And yet the danger of extreme heat can be hard to grasp. Well, if it's not going to be a one-off... First of all, there's another piece of speculation that... Somebody marked the tape, okay? Well, if it's not going to be a one-off, how do you know you didn't seem to predict the stuff this summer happening. It could freaking snow next summer, and they would say that that was also global boiling. Yes. Be like, there's more of this coming. Mm-hmm. Until we're burned by it. In Arizona, the temperature soared to 110 degrees for 31 days straight. My God, that's almost um, reminiscent it's... of Arizona. <laughs> no, I've never heard of it being hot in Arizona. That's a story if it's in Maine. Yeah. It's still not the human's fault if it's in Maine, but that's interesting if it's in Maine. Arizona, you make a... Everybody in Arizona has a yard full of stone because anything else out there gets sizzled. (laughs) It's true. I know. You have to park your car in a car hangar in Arizona or else you... You'll get third degree burns if you go inside it. Transforming normal sidewalks into massive stovetops. The pavement and sidewalk can heat up to 150 plus degrees, and that can cause second and third degree burns. If when someday they'll invent shoes. <laughs> that can second and third degree burns. My goodness, it's really hot. It's really hot. You're not careful. Heat is called the silent killer because often victims are unaware of the severe damage. <laughs> he is not called the silent killer, okay? It's not called the silent killer. This is this is so full of hyperbolic BS. Are they thinking of like carbon monoxide poisoning or right. something? That's a silent killer. Yes, that is a silent killer. <laughs> I, know, I yeah, but it's true. I have never heard of heat being called a silent killer. Their bodies undergo. Officials say at least 1100 people have died in Spain and Portugal already as a result of the heat and fear the tr- what are the parameters as a result of the heat? What does that mean exactly? I think, once again, this goes back to... Dying with heat? Yes, dying with heat. Exactly. <laughs> as a result of the heat, Al wouldn't have walked across the street to get a new sprinkler where he got hit by a bus. <laughs> kind of a bank shot. True death toll won't be known for weeks. Meanwhile, in parts of Florida, the ocean might look as blue as ever, but the temperature is positively steamy. The water temperatures are so high in the Florida Keys that they are endangering our precious coral reef. You know what? Maybe we'll get a coral reef up here then. 
Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I did look so, at, at atolls the other day uh, since the Oppenheimer thing had come, mm-hmm. and uh, they looked pretty cool. That would have been that was a terrible place to blast on those nice atolls. Yeah, they're pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, don't be an atoll when there's uh, a war on. That's what I tell you. Um, the Florida, the water is fine. Every place is fine. These when these um, when these um, reefs get reefs get hit um, destroyed by the water and the sun, then they grow back. They grow back. The Florida Keys there on your map registered 101.1 degrees this week. That is ideal temperatures for a hot tub. It's not 104 is what people said hot tubs do. Well, that is warm though. But well, that is warm. Now, do you think that they went to the hottest part of the water in the Florida Keys? <laughs> that's maybe an inch deep that you're not swimming in, or do they go it's down a tide pool? Right, essentially it is. <laughs> Jake Biddle is a staff writer at Grist covering climate impact. He's written about the invisibility of extreme heat compared to other climate disasters and the challenge that lives in Plainville, Vermont, presents to news outlets. So the aftermath of a hurricane, the news crews go to a place like Louisiana and you can see that there's thousands of homes that have been destroyed and the power lines have busted and all that stuff. But heat is more difficult. It's the deadliest climate disaster by a wide margin, but the deaths tend to happen out of the public view. And so did the health crises that follow. Heat stroke cases are confined to the emergency room. Heat deaths tend to be people who are unhoused. It's not as eye grab. Oh, unhoused? Homeless people. Okay, okay. So that's what's going on here. People are dying in the street. Why are they outside? <laughs> They're unhoused. Why are they unhoused? Uh, probably a variety of reasons, including oh. mental health problems and drug abuse and other issues. So unhoused people who die because they're unhoused wouldn't die if they were housed? Probably not. Okay. Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Unhoused. But then again, I get the feeling, well, maybe not or else they would have said it. They would have said it. If unhoused people were people who were on the intersectional chart somewhere, I think we would have heard that by now. Because that's climate racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think for a long time it was excluded from coverage of climate change and natural disasters in general. It's a visual issue and it's also a class issue because you can insulate yourself from it to a degree if you have air conditioning. Yes, certainly. Hurricanes destroy the houses of the rich and the poor alike. But Okay, so it's what he's saying it's not really a class version. But yeah, you, it's so, so we'll enough of this. This is all a facade. This is B- this is this is LGBTQIA plus two to the fiftieth. That's all that this is. This is just more bunk, just a big construct of of a great way to shake you down, great way to use uh, this stuff as a battering ram to destroy institutions, to destroy the uh, energy sector. That's all this is. That's all. This is just another version to SLGBTQI plus. Of this, it's nonsense, horse bleep. But you know, it's funny because I read an article by CNN 
today. Um, I should say on CNN um, by John Blake um, that tells us where actually the term climate change came from. And you'll be surprised to learn that it was popularized by conservatives. Oh. According to them, Frank Luntz made it popular. <laughs> and this whole article is like that. This is about how conservatives use verbal jujitsu to turn liberals' language against them. Yes. So it's not that they're making up wacky terms or concepts that don't come true, like global warming, and then having to like backtrack and reinvent everything they say because no one believes them anymore because everything they say is full of it. Right. It's that conservatives turn the language around on them mm -hmm. by magic. Yes. We, the, yes. We started saying global cooling, and they were laughing at us, so we made them know that, no, as a matter of fact, it's global warming. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, they laughed at us. And we said climate change and they laughed at us. Now it's climate is boiling. <clears throat> right. They tell us there's one political battleground where Republicans triumph virtually every time and control of this arena could determine who wins the White House in 2024. Republicans are masters of verbal jujitsu. It's not us stepping on a rake. The Republicans are doing jujitsu on us. It's a form of linguistic combat in which the practitioner takes a political phrase or concept popularized by their opponent and gradually turns it into an unusable slur. Like the Japanese martial art known as jujitsu, its devotees are taking opposing arguments head on and instead redirect their opponent's momentum to beat them. If this sounds abstract, wow! Consider, <laughs> I know we did this. <laughs> Who knew? If this sounds when political correctness came out, yeah, that was a good the, word. That according to them, <clears throat> yes, and the people like Rush Limbaugh laughed at it and used <laughs> used it used samples of. People being politically correct. Um, in other words, people who said uh, riggers, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. you know, where uh, who called out Donald Trump for saying riggers, saying he actually meant the rhyme of a racist word. It's our side laughing at them be for being absurd because they're children. And so we laugh at them. So as a matter of fact, it wasn't just our side then. Bill Maher's show was called Politically Incorrect. Because the PC no, people... No, you did jujitsu on them. Yes, that's right. We did jujitsu <laughs> them. did the jujitsu. Uh, consider the evolution of woke. The word is defined as being... Would they go around saying, you have to change manhole to person hole. We <laughs> laugh our asses off. <laughs> and then they claim something's been weaponized yes. against them. 
The word woke is defined as being actively aware of social injustice, but it has been transformed into a contemporary scourge. <laughs> One that a politician compared to a virus more dangerous than any pandemic hands down. Uh -oh. Mention almost any touchstone phrase adopted by the left in recent years. Critical race theory, diversity, global warming, even the word liberal itself. And it has been redefined or tarnished by conservatives. Tarnished, that's right. Yeah, that's who's tarnishing it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you dress like a bunny. <laughs> With other people who are 26 years old, and now we're weaponizing furries. No, I'm sorry about that. You know, you feed yourselves. These progressives, these liberals are feeding themselves into the uh, South Park bar buzzsaw. You know, know, they did it themselves. It wasn't me. Meanwhile, Republicans continue to proudly use words and phrases such as family values, conservative, and patriot, no matter who or what is associated with the terms. Oh, heaven forbid people get to continue to use the word family values or patriotic because those are actually concepts that people like. And, right. you know, it's the conservative, it's just that liberals aren't as good at jujitsu. As conservatives are, that's why people like family well, because, values I mean, and patriotism, a, and not DEI. And right. well, because they come up, they come back from college. This is the metaphor. They come back from college as the daughter who's like a, a freshman. You know, at, at you name the progressive at Brown. I don't know. Name the school who now knows everything and is weird and like and it eats her dinner. Uh, you know, through a straw now because. Some, they come back like uh, fools, clownishly. They show up, and we just simply we're just. I mean, that's the whole lesson of lives of TikTok is that's right. their content, right? She's Why are you so mad at them? They're pro gay content, right? This on is Twitter, a, you were so proud to do it. Well, here we're all taking a look at it. The thing is that we're laughing. <laughs> I know. The problem is that their stuff doesn't hold up to any scrutiny whatsoever. Social justice warrior, second, for example. Social justice warrior, for example, didn't start off as an insult. What's wrong with someone fighting on behalf of the poor and exploit it? Then the term was turned by conservatives and internet culture into something else. A whiny, self-righteous progressive who can't take a joke. Yes, or some like 490-pound you know, group of, um, of Bentley College whales who had handcuffed themselves to concrete to block the highway. But, but why don't you love and believe what we're doing? What? <laughs> Critical race theory was once an obscure academic discipline that insisted that racism is more than individual prejudice. It's embedded in laws, policies, and institutions. But conservatives redirected the discussion and turned the term into a catch-all phrase that criticizes any examination of systemic racism or history that could make white people uncomfortable. Whatever the method, this form of verbal jujitsu is used for one purpose, says Robin D'Angelo, author of White Fragility. <laughs> the function is to silence the conversation and protect the status quo. It just has to work and get race off the table and prevent any challenges to the status quo. Next on the hit list are two other terms favored by liberals, diversity and equity, D'Angelo said. These words originally meant values that were virtually universally accepted. Not many people would openly argue for exclusion or inequity. In recent years, many institutions have launched initiatives around well, diversity, the, well, equity, and inclusion. The funny thing is, of course, is that that's why they chose the word equity, because they thought we have a good one here, mm -hmm. one that's um, you know can be unmolested by the other side. They can't do anything with this because equity is a good concept. 
So we're going to use this safe word now that we have that's got a nice tortoise shell protection and move our agenda that way. And still, we somehow figured out how to use verbal jujitsu and undo it. <laughs> They've attempted to delegitimize diversity by expanding the term to the diversity industrial complex. Uh, Paula Granberry Russell, president of the National Association of Diversity Officers uh, in Higher uh, Education. Uh, Just the fact that there's a National Association of Diversity Officers in Higher Education, I'm pretty sure proves that there's exist. a diversity doesn't exist. industrial complex. Told the reporter she doesn't use the acronym DEI anymore because it's been weaponized. And it's been weaponized, Alice. And so what has this resulted in? Um, They can't do their stuff anymore? No, back to my friends when I was searching NPR there is a very serious and sad piece. Okay. We've touched on this before as well. NPR by Andrea Sue. Corporate DEI initiatives are facing cutbacks and legal attacks. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> just three years after the murder of George Floyd. I love how that's the lead in this. Just three years after the murder of George Floyd. Wait a second, that means everything was supposed to change? For We got to win everything we wanted because George Floyd... Just three years after the murder of George Floyd, Minneapolis set, Minneapolis set off a turnant of hiring of chief diversity officers and other such roles, companies are coming under attack from conservative legal activists who argue that their DEI policies and programs constitute racial discrimination. In other words, telling um, white people that you have to leave the room for this part, this is just for other people, and bringing in Robin DiAngelo to tell you how bad you yeah, are because of your skin tone. Yeah, and isn't some company getting sued because they had a management training program that was only for yes. non-white people? Yes. The challenges come as companies faced with an uncertain economy have already been laying off large numbers of people, including many only recently hired to implement their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies. Oh, that's freaking beautiful. The one-two punch has legal experts split on what's ahead for these efforts, while longtime diversity advocates argue that companies should take these setbacks as an opportunity to reset. <laughs> well, let's see. what They're going to come up with a new word for it, I assume. Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. We cannot place the reasoning for it on something as subjective as the right thing to do. It has to be the smart thing to do, says Janet Stovall, global head of diversity, equity, and inclusion for the Neural Leadership Institute, a consulting no, firm. There's definitely no diversity industrial complex. No. Doesn't, definitely a consulting not firm real. focus on culture and leadership. Uh, in the corporate DEI Maybe they world, should think Bidenomics. Well, here's the other thing is that the DEI, it wants, much like Deanna Troy, they don't do anything for the company <laughs> other right. than be a pain in the ass. So when Bidenomics hits cute. your company exactly, and they have to make some cuts, <laughs> unfortunately, Deanna Troy is going to be unhired. Trish in the chat says they're actually expanding the DEI department at her work. Oh, really? Oh, great. That's great. That's Sorry smart. Sorry about that, Trish. Uh, let me read, listen to this. In 20... Uh, in the corporate DEI world, Catalina Coleman's story is a familiar one. In 2020, she was working at a small tech company as a human resources generalist. Boring. Handling tasks such as employee onboardings and exit. Who wants to do stupid stuff like that? Exactly. She had already been thinking about how to help the company grow in a more diverse and equitable way when in May of that year, George Floyd was murdered. Suddenly, everything accelerated. Good news, Catalina. We recognized we just needed to move quickly. Should she be saying this out loud, by the way? <laughs> and we needed to start implementing things fast, Coleman said. 
The racial reckoning of unfolding the racial reckoning unfolding across the country. Speak for your effing selves, NPR. <coughs> Unleash demands for the change. Companies scramble to respond to the moment. Racial reckoning. The reckoning that we don't have a race problem in this country anymore. That uh, all the hard work's been done decades and centuries ago. Is that the racial reckoning that we had? According to this job site, indeed, job, po job postings with DEI in the title jumped 92% from July 2020 to 2021. But the deceleration has also come quickly. Uh-oh. Economic pressures have led companies to pull back. Cutting, you can you imagine, like, with the controller of the company and the CEO and the CFO getting together, and it's like, okay, guys, we have a de deficit cut to EI, all of it, immediately, okay? <laughs> we still have the uh, BLM uh, flag that we put out once a year, right? That's good. That's our new DEI officer, okay? <laughs> but the deceleration has also come quickly. Economic pressures. The deceleration, it's funny because, like, they're, they're all but admitting that there was... Um, mass hysteria, where we all acted impulsively in the wake of mass hysteria, and the opportunists like Catalina took advantage of that, and now they're saying, "Wait a second, now it's the deceleration also came quickly." But, but did they think that it's forever? The George Floyd thing is a lie, built on a lie, built on a lie, built well, on a lie. I mean, their training <laughs> programs told them all that the work was just beginning. Right. Economic pressures have led companies to pull back, cutting DEI jobs, including Coleman's. Catalina got whacked alongside other human resources roles. Yeah, Coleman, we're looking, Catalina, we're looking for somebody to do onboarding and exit interviews, like a human resources person. Okay, we don't need you to be a, a revolutionary civil rights hero in this job. Since last July, Indeed has seen DEI job postings drop by 38%. Uh-oh. And then in June, in another blow to diversity advocates, the Supreme Court rejected the use of race-conscious admissions in their higher education. So now we're not allowed to use Discrimination. Racist. Yes. We're not using discrimination in our fight against discrimination anymore. Right. Setting off predictions that corporate policies around diversity would soon meet the same fate. You mean we can't hire based on race? No. That's very upsetting. Wow. Just tragic. I mean, how wonderful is that? Um, in death sentence audio, Alice, we need to do this. Um, the listless vessels. Listless vessels. Got to, got to do it. It's up there. Oh, first of all, let's go to uh, the Trump. We, we were on vacation for this. This is Trump using the racial slur. Truth Social yesterday wrote, "Quote: They never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find." The riggers, a word that I'm not particularly familiar with, riggers. Uh, Keith Boykin, a, a Democratic political commentator and former White House aide to, to Bill So a neutral guy, in other words. <laughs> he, he took issue with that term. Take a listen. Oh, and he wants to find the riggers, his word, not mine, who stole the election from me. Rigger, please. He, uh, Boykin went on to say Trump's choice of words uh, is not an accident after spending days making racist attacks against Fonnie Willis, the black woman leading the prosecution against him uh, in I Atlanta. Uh, what do you mean, truth? So My goodness, Alice. So this is why this country needs to be nuked. I'm calling on Vladimir Putin to nuke this country 
immediately because you can't have this. So here's the, the panel that takes a shot at this. Uh, the racial ac accusation Keith Boykin uh, was making there that the, the use of the word rigor uh, is not. Uh, How did the, like, <laughs> the editor in chief or whoever does the TV stuff, like, say, like, let this go. It's like, hey, guys, we can't have this be the premise of this show because this is freaking stupid. It's like the the insane conspiracy theory of when they decided that the stage at CPAC or whatever was a, an obscure Nazi symbol. Yes. And then it turned out the stage had been designed by like a liberal events firm from New York that absolutely did not mean it to be a Nazi symbol. And they all were like, how could they not know? Obviously, they meant it to be this Nazi symbol. Like, they're persistent in seeing these like weird signs and omens oh, yeah. and things oh, yeah, they're yeah, like seeing jesus in their toast in the morning or something right yes. like they they insist that this that they see these things happening and they're just like completely in their well, imagination but also the election riggers the people who rig the election i mean yeah he's taught <laughs> in context it's obvious what he means i mean Rigor is not a word that people generally use, it's true, but Trump's a weird dude. He's just talking like he talks, which yeah. is weirdly... Uh, unintentional. Mr. President, uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump has certainly been accused of racist language before. Certainly has been accused, <laughs> that's no doubt about that. And every single time he's been accused, they've taken what he said out of context. Guy doesn't and, say racist stuff. If he doesn't like the judge because the judge is a member of La Raza, well, that's fair. Or if he, even if he thinks that the judge, because the judge has a, a Latin a Latino surname. <coughs> also, do we think that if anybody could find any footage of Trump actually saying the N word, that we would have seen it by now? I would think so. <laughs> Right. With Trump, you don't need to look for a dog whistle. It's it's a bullhorn uh, when it comes to, to race. And I, I do think Farragut. that's deliberate. We've seen the, I mean... Sl it's deliberate? Landerous attacks that he's he's uh, put out against uh, Fonnie Willis, you know, alleged things I won't even repeat. So he's not really hiding um, that he's going to lean into that element. And God, she's a talk about that somebody's a ball of useless cliches. He's going to lean into it. This is, I mean, it's generally not recommended by your legal team, I would think, to be lobbing bombs at like the prosecutors and judges in your impending criminal cases on social media generally like Correct. i think it's like unwise but i don't think there's anything but the, the problem like is, racist is it, about it it's not he's said is, just as bad stuff about jack smith as he has well, about right, Willis. and that's the problem is they always needed to be the first prize infraction they always needed to be the big one this time he said riggers that's the big <laughs> one you see and, you know, taking place just outside of Atlanta, when you saw the courtroom, it was a lot of black men and women who were serving in that courtroom. The fact that he's introducing race into this prosecution surprises me. It's disgusting. It's textbook Donald he Trump. He hasn't but introduced race into the no prosecution surprise. at all. Uh, the racial ac accusation, Keith Boyk. Yeah, it, right. He's uh, introducing election rigging into the comp. It, that's the problem. 
every time you say, I mean, you don't get a chance. If you're a Trump fan who's not a fan of a lot of his behavior like we are, every time he does something, they out misbehave him in a more damaging way. Right, yeah. I, like I just said, I don't think it's really smart conduct to spend your time on social media writing in all caps about what a terrible person the judge or the prosecutor is who's doing criminal charges against you. And I think most lawyers would agree, which is why he has a hard time keeping lawyers on his yes. team. Oh. But, like, that would be enough in itself to, you know... It, to make you think twice about Trump's impulse control, for example. But then they have to go decide that he's, like, secretly encoding the N-word into his tweets. Like, why do they have to do that? It's such an insane thing to say is happening. Um, So we have to go. Unless there's something... One more thing you want to try to fit in here? Well, Well, let's... I have something I want to get to, but let's jump over to the Patreon show and do that. Let's do the chat chat right now, and then we'll jump to the Who's Patreon. Who's the chat chat brought to us by? Elsa? It is brought to us by Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce on the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot line. Hey, Tom, Steve from Gloucester. I wasn't hey, sure if you were aware of this, but there is an Orange Julius location Ooh. in Ipswich, Mass. No. It's attached to a Dairy Queen, Ooh. and the Orange Julius is the same thing as it was in the 1980s. To use a Tom Shattuck phrase, it's absolutely gorgeous. So you should check it out if you have not already. Oh my goodness, I'm looking at it right now. There it is, Dairy Queen, Orange Julius. Oh my goodness, this is important to Alice. Oh man, so there was a time in the 80s, there was no other place to get, other than Fenway Park, to get nachos with processed cheese. On them. It wasn't a thing around here. I want to see if this, um, if Orange Julius still has nachos. Hold on, Julius. Phil. Um, sure, are you sure we shouldn't save this for the food podcast, the Orange Julius content? Or no? Hold I guess on. we'll have to visit it first and then see what happens. Alice? But yeah, right down the street in Ipswich. Who oh knows? my goodness. They are still there have nachos? nachos. Oh, oh my gosh. We are going. <laughs> okay. We're, we're going. going. I'm going to reach out to corporate, Alice. We're going. That is great. That is great news. Uh, where is my place here? That is great news. Oh, my goodness. That is great. Thank you, Steve from Gloucester. Hey, guys. Steve from Gloucester. Great hey, job with the vacation episode. Thank you. Thank it you. was really awesome. I enjoyed listening to all four people that were on with you guys. Thank you. But was wondering if you gave any thought to Kirk Minahan before you set the week up. Because mm-hmm. you interviewed Jerry, who mm-hmm. you know he doesn't like. Yes. And then you went ahead and interviewed his consigliere, Steve Robinson. <laughs> I mean, you know Kirk's going to say he didn't hear it or he didn't care. He actually said that he did hear it. Mm-hmm. He, he insulted he, it. He did listen to that one. But you know him. He's going to think that Big Steve stabbed him in the back. And he's going to call Tom every name in the book. No. There's going to be a bunch of vulgarity. No. There's going to be a bunch of death wishes. And <laughs> yes. you know, he may go off the rails on both of you. I think Kirk's so made it I pretty clear he if... doesn't want to be on the Burn Barrel podcast. Yeah, I think he doesn't want to be. So, but, but this is... no. You know, but he, but he's, that's... of course, welcome anytime. Yeah, but that's what Steve is saying is that... Was there any thought to given that... I don't think he's saying we should have Kirk on. I think oh, he's I saying that, that, he was, that saying. was there any thought that we'd be causing trouble. Kirk came into your mind at any time during that process. And 
I only hope that he doesn't unleash the beast on you guys because it's probably going to happen, I'm sure. So that, that, I mean, I, have, I think that, you knew both point. those people before. So yes, I did. Right? And so so I've known Steve. I knew Steve apart from um, Kirk. So I I got out of the the I got out of WRKO and out of Intercom and over to Greater Media. And when I did that, Kirk went into um, Intercom. And so I just missed him. When I went to the Boston Herald, that's when I first met Steve. I've known Howie for about 20 years now. About And uh, Steve, when Steve is Howie's new producer. And so Steve and I, we used to... Um, I, I I do stuff with Howie and Steve. We all, so we all were kind of working together because Howie, for a while, was doing a lot of Herald Radio stuff with us, too. Um, and we went to the conventions, and I saw Steve there. Me, Steve, and VB you know, kind of... Uh, you know, just kind of hung out on Radio Row a couple of times, um, and so I've I've had a me, Steve and I have always had a a relationship for long before Kirk knew Steve, and Kirk back then I didn't know I just knew that EEI was not hiring was not giving him a full time gig, and so I reached out in 2013 to see if I could get him on Boston Herald Radio for the uh, salary of zero money, <laughs> so which he has not forgotten, uh, but that's all we had. Um, and so that, that's how I know those guys with, um, with Jerry, uh, it had just been a while. And so, and Jerry was, it was very funny in a couple of his podcasts last week. So I thought this would be good. Good one for, for us when we're, when we're going away in other times I would have, I would have definitely asked for Kirk, but he, he has given me the, us the impression, like. Very clearly, he does not want to be on. Doesn't want to be asked to be on, and he doesn't think he has anything to offer. Although, you know, I know, you know, obviously, I would have veered. But so I would have. I've also I thought of uh, having VB on, but I think I want to save VB for the food podcast because he's big into food opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, yeah, so Steve, I did not think, uh, not really. I didn't really. I did. I knew I wasn't going to bother him and ask him to come on because he's not doesn't even be in the mood. But that's, <clears throat> but that's it. Maybe someday. Maybe not. Who knows? You know? But this is Scott Brown from Merrimack. Oh, wow. Hi. Steve hey. from Merrimack. Hey, Hi, Steve. Steve. Regarding the Scott Brown interview yes. and uh, the Burn Barrel Make of the News on that, yeah. you were playing sound on uh, whatever it was, thir- Thursday show. Uh, about mentions of the media and all this other stuff, and you were uh, you mentioned Howie Carr, but you didn't have any sound. It's probably for the best that you didn't have sound because yeah. uh, I think Howie thinks Scott's full of shit on that one. Yeah, he does. And in fact, I think it was Thursday afternoon. Howie's poll question was basically, "Do you believe Scott Brown?" Yeah, and I'm- you're right, Steve. We we actually heard that somebody who told us who sent us a note that he was that he had mentioned. We were in Vermont, and I had to draw, and I found. I found the Howie spot I, and, and sent it to us where he had mentioned it. And yeah, he does. It was his poll question. He doesn't believe mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> um, and uh, so, no, we did hear that. I, I liked it. I was, I was obviously, I was, uh, I was fine. I believe the majority of people do not believe yeah. Scott Brown uh, said that to Joe Biden. Yeah, it's very possible that he didn't. The Herald seems to know that he did. You know, it's very interesting. The Boston Herald seems, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember anybody else being there for the conversation, but they seem to know. And if they don't name anybody who was there, so but you know what? Why not? But uh, anyway, and also, you know, I, I know I was one of the people alerting you yeah, to but- the fact that you made the, the post. But yes. uh, 
I couldn't believe it when the the post referred to you as Scott Shack. I that know. Was, I know. That was not great. I know. They mentioned the barrel. So you got that. They anyway, corrected it. They corrected it. They did correct it. Of course, I actually, like, you know, like sent the, like, the news desk guy. Like, that's, that is a pathetic thing when myself, <laughs> I'm like, uh, who did Donald Trump say he was? Like John Bannon or something? Yeah, he made up some name. I call up like representing me as like, oh, my client Tom Shattuck wants you to change the name. Pathetic. But you know what? At least I'm open about it. <laughs> hey, guys. Steve from Gloucester. Hey, Steve. I heard you guys mention oh. that cottage cheese would be a good substitute Uh-oh. for ricotta in lasagna. Oh, do we cha- save this for all you can eat? We can save that one for all. I think we should. Yes. Sorry about this that. was yeah. about the cottage cheese discussion on um, on the All You Can Eat podcast. I've and... started. Okay, perfect, perfect. We will play that on the All You Can Eat podcast this week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, do check out the All You Can Eat podcast if you have time to do that. If you want to join us for live streams or for the Patreon bonus show, then you can do that at patreon.com slash burnbarrel. If you're watching live right now, just stay there and we'll do the bonus show right here. Um, of course, you can always listen to the show for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's links uh, to where to watch it on YouTube or you can also watch it on Rumble or on your favorite podcast app. Say la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.